Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Technology changes everything. If you think about even the way we invest, ETFs, index funds, all of this stuff used to not exist. And while I know most of us don't like change, especially when it comes to our finances, there is a lot of great innovations that come and really do impact our finances. One of those innovations that I have been following and truly know nothing about but have been keeping an eye on from a distance is cryptocurrency. The most popular form of cryptocurrency is probably Bitcoin. And I did a little research. The first Bitcoin started in 2009. So while this definitely feels like a new technology or something that was just kind of thrown upon us, it's actually quite older. (laughs) I mean, old old is relative, but it, it is been around for a hot minute. And so it's one of those things where I know very, very little about, but I feel like as somebody who talks about personal finance, I'm always interested in what the financial trends and technology is pointing us towards, and cryptocurrency is really not going anywhere. So that's why I was so excited to bring on a previous guest and one of our friends, Eric Rosenberg, to talk all about crypto. Now, if you don't know who Eric is, he is such a great person. He's very intelligent, very smart, and he's an expert when it comes to cryptocurrency. He has been writing about this for other publications. In fact, you probably have read his articles if you are researching cryptocurrency. He's just a very knowledgeable guy regarding this subject. I also really appreciate that he has an unbiased approach when it comes to crypto. He's also coming from the place of personal finance first and doing what's best for yourself. And so that's why I was so excited to bring him back on the show. Here's what you're going to learn from today's episode. We're going to go through some basic definitions of cryptocurrency and blockchain. Blockchain is probably another buzzword you've been hearing about. It's the technology behind cryptocurrency. We talk about how ownership of crypto works, how Eric views crypto as an investment, how Bitcoin and Ethereum stand out from other cryptocurrencies, ways to start a cryptocurrency wallet, and a bit about centralized cryptocurrency exchange platforms, ways to keep your investment safe, software versus hardware wallets. This is like blowing my mind because I didn't even know this was a thing. Obviously, you can tell I'm a newbie to this. We talk about taxes and why you have to definitely keep that in mind when you're investing in crypto, why platforms like Robinhood might actually be less ideal for investing in cryptocurrency, how they address inflation, what shit coins are. This is a, a term that's, I guess, very widely used. And we're going to talk about what those are and what to look out for. This is definitely going to be a very 
101 and slightly more sophisticated episode. If you don't know the terminology, don't worry too much. I'm definitely learning with you as you'll probably see from this content. But I hope you enjoyed this episode with my friend Eric Rosenberg talking all about cryptocurrency. But before we dive in, let's hear a quick word from one of today's sponsors. That, my friend, is the sound of making money. It's the sound of another sell on Shopify with the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like myself the resources once reserved for big businesses. It's customized for my needs with a great-looking online store that brings my idea to life and tools to manage my day-to-day and drive sales. Making your idea real opens endless possibilities. It's a journey, but that's kind of the beauty of entrepreneurship. Believe me, this podcast and my financial coaching business just started as an idea and in Starbucks, just helping people create their own finances. You never know where your idea is going to take you. And that's why I love Shopify. It makes it easy for anyone to successfully run their own business. Shopify powers 2 million businesses from first sale to full scale. And every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. Get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. Access powerful tools to help you find customers, drive sales, and manage your day-to-day. Gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, you get 24-7 support, so you're never really alone. This is more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash money nerds, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and to get full access of Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash money nerds right now. Shopify.com slash money nerds, again, all lowercase. I am so excited to see you launch your store. Send it my way when you get it officially launched. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode. I am so stoked to be joined by my fellow money nerd slash podcaster, Eric Rosenberg. Thank you so much for hanging out. I'm so excited to be here. I I was on the show once a few years ago now, so I'm, I'm excited to be back. And hi, everyone. Hope you're all doing well out there. I am so stoked to chat with you about crypto because this is something I think you and I initially, I was texting you saying, okay, I think I want to invest in some crypto. What platforms do I use? All of this stuff. So let's like scale back. How did you even get involved in crypto um, as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. So I started with crypto way, way back. I think it was in 2014 or 2015. So if I had done everything right, I'd be a gazillionaire now. Clearly I didn't, (laughs) but uh, here here I am. So I got, uh, actually there was a deal. I think it was slick deals. You know, there's all those different like deal sites. There was a deal and I'd been reading a little about Bitcoin as this digital money thing. Mm -hmm. And it was um, something like if you put in $50, we'll give you $50. And then there was a match of $20. I was like, well, I love stacking deals like that. So I dove in and I ended up with about $120 in Bitcoin and pretty much forgot about it for a few years. And I think it was 2017. I remembered about it when it went up to about 10,000 for the first time. I think that was 2017, whatever year that was. You know, all all the timelines get blurry with the COVID times. But there was a time before COVID that it hit 10,000 for the first time. And I was so excited. I was like, this is crazy. Like this, there's like nothing behind this. I was like, this is nuts. Uh, I felt like a gambler. So I sold it, made it that a thousand bucks. And I was like, cool. Uh, And then it dropped way back down for a long time. And for that year or so, I felt really, really smart that I was the guy that got in early, made a thousand bucks. 
and got out when it was at 10,000. And now it's around 50,000. So we we know how, how it all turned out since. It's gone way up and way down since. Uh, the, the record is somewhere over 60,000. But now oh, it's gosh. around 50,000 today. And I have to say that today because if you follow the crypto markets, you know, it could swing up and down 10, 20 percent in a day. No problem. So, you know, the days that the the S&P 500 or the big stock market indexes would go down mm-hmm. or up 10% in a day. And those are in the history books. You, you learn about those in finance class. In crypto, you know, that, that's just a typical Wednesday. So just you, you another never know Wednesday. This is really interesting. So let's break this down a little bit more. So for somebody who has heard what crypto is and they're kind of familiar, how do you define crypto? You write about this all the time. So I think you're, you're pretty yeah. well-versed on this. Yeah. So the easy way to say it is a cryptocurrency is kind of like digital money. So you have uh, a a way I like to describe it. If you pull out a dollar from your bank account or not from your bank account, from your wallet, let's even get simpler than your bank account. Go to your wallet, put any dollar bill. It doesn't matter what denomination it is. If you look at it, there's a little unique serial number. So that dollar only exists one time in the whole universe. And let's say, uh, you know, criminal tries to copy it, but uh, that's a weakness of uh, of paper money, right? It can be counterfeited. So that serial number uh, makes that dollar unique. You could use it to buy things. You could send it to somebody. You all know how dollars work. Uh, I don't have to describe that like I do to my uh, six-year-old. So you know how a dollar works. What a Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency does is it kind of takes that unique serial number concept and takes it online. So that's a really important part of it. So a lot of people think, oh, digital money, you know, I could take a digital photo of my cat and make 90 copies of it, and it doesn't cost anything but a few bytes of hard drive space. So you can copy digital things forever, but what makes cryptocurrency unique is you cannot copy it. That That's not a serial number. It has a long code. I mean, that code makes every Bitcoin unique, and every coin ever created. This applies to all cryptocurrencies. I'm just using Bitcoin as an example because it's the most famous and the biggest. Mm -hmm. But everyone from the time it is created until now, we have a public record of who has owned that exact coin or fraction of a coin because you're not Mm -hmm. always going to buy a $60,000 coin at once. You might want to buy a $100 slice of a Bitcoin and that's okay. It's, It's like you have a quarter or a dime, you know, there's different denominations, that's okay. But that one coin can never be duplicated, it can never be replicated. And we have a record of who owns it, what digital wallet owns it. So you like you have a physical wallet for your dollar bills, you have a digital wallet for your cryptocurrency that can be a software wallet or a hardware wallet or even a piece of paper, which we Mm. can get into more if you're curious. But the uh, the wallet you have, that is semi-anonymous, so no one out there necessarily knows who owns it, but you have the keys to that wallet. So anyone could say, oh, wallet, whatever code, is, is owned by someone, and they can see everything you've ever done with that wallet, but they might not know who you are. So Got that's it. uh, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. So it's a very public system. It's verifiable. It's open. It's transparent. Um, there are different computers all around the world called miners. Anyone mm-hmm. could be a Bitcoin miner if they want. You probably won't make any money, but you could try. <laughs> um, but there are Bitcoin miners. I can get into that too. I mean, there's Bitcoin miners around the world, and each one of those miners keeps a copy of a big database. It's called a blockchain. That's an important mm-hmm. word in crypto. So the blockchain is like a giant, giant database that has a mm-hmm. record of all those transactions from the beginning until now. In all those transactions, let's say you uh, want, let's say Whitney, I want to send you a uh, hundred dollars in Bitcoin for your for 
uh, the holidays are coming up. Let's say I want to send you $100 in Bitcoin for Christmas. I just need your wallet address. I type in, I need my private key and public key to Mm. send you you, the coins to your public address. That's your public key. And when I enter that transaction, all the Bitcoin miners race to do really complex math to be the one who verifies the block of transactions that comes next. So my transaction sending and about, it could be a lot, a lot of other transactions all be bundled together and turn into a block. That's why it's called a blockchain. So it's a block of transactions. Mm -hmm. And the miner that wins the race gets to verify that block, puts it at the bottom of the chain, so it adds to the database. And that cop- a copy of that is sent to all the other miners. So everybody in the world knows exactly who owns what when. And you can go on at any time. There's websites called Blockchain Explorers. You can look at any transaction. There's rabbit holes. You can find, like, they call whale accounts, like people who have millions and millions of dollars in Bitcoin. And you can see where they send and where it comes from. It's kind of fun. You don't know who it is, though. It's it's because it's anonymous. But yeah, so it's it's public, but it's also private. The, that's what makes trust in the system, right? Because there's so many copies of the ledger, if someone tries to hack it, all the other computers will say, well, no, that doesn't work. We have a cop, mm-hmm. we all agree. It's called a consensus mechanism. We all have consensus that Whitney's wallet owns this $100 in Bitcoin. So random guy in Russia who says, you own that $100 in Bitcoin, we're going to reject that. We're going to say no. So that's what makes it really cool. You can't copy you can't edit once a transaction is in. You cannot reverse it, which is a good and bad thing. It's good yeah, because, no yeah, it's good because uh, you know, it, it makes that trust in the network happen. You know, if I sent you wanted to use a, a Bitcoin for a down payment for a house instead mm-hmm. of a wire transfer, there's not really good mechanisms in banking to do that today. But I bet there will be in the future. Uh, not necessarily a Bitcoin, but something blockchain related. Yeah. Because it's, it works similarly. You send that transaction. It goes one way. Once all the other computers say this transaction's done, it's done. You can't turn it back. The downside of that is if someone hacks your account and they steal your Bitcoin, you're not getting it back. <laughs> there, there's no one there no. that's going to help you. And if I want to send you um, your $100 in Bitcoin for Christmas, if I get one letter wrong in your public address, it'll go to somebody else or nowhere and you can't get it back probably unless Dang. that person is really generous and they're like, oh, someone accidentally sent me $100, I'll send it back. Uh, but that's that's up to them. You don't know who it is. It's just some anonymous person out there on the internet with a yeah. with an address. I'd say most people are probably like, "Thanks, man." Yeah, <laughs> they're like, on. "Oh, I don't." They probably Merry think Christmas like Christmas indeed. They probably think some big uh, exchange made a mistake, but it could yeah, have been no just doubt. the person. Yeah, but you know, it's cool so because well, there's some really neat potential to it. I mean, getting beyond the investment stuff, which we'll dive into more. I know that's what we want to talk about most. Sure. But there's some really neat potential for this. Like if you look at sub-Saharan African countries with these horrible economic situations and central banks that just print money out. Like I have, I literally have a hundred trillion dollars of Zimbabwe money because Mm -hmm. their inflation got so bad. It's worth like $5. It's actually worth more as a collectible than it's worth in currency uh, because that's just what happened in Zimbabwe. But if they used a cryptocurrency, we call a stable coin, that's a cryptocurrency Mm. that's pegged to a national currency value. So it could even be the euro, the dollar, it doesn't matter what. But if they used stable coins as their main banking system in these African countries that have fractured financial systems, 
it would allow unbanked people to get into a financial system where they're not just based on cash and bartering. It gives them a little more security, a little more tracking. And depending on the currency you use, uh, very, very low transaction fees and fast um, transaction times. So anything from Western Union, if uh, you're sending money back home to your family overseas, you know, I'd worry if I were Western Union and MoneyGram. <laughs> they have a big competitor. Uh, but also for uh, anywhere that you've heard of microfinance, like microloans, places mm -hmm. that are totally cash-based and don't have good banking systems, uh, this could be an, an alternative to uh, building up a banking system where it might not work otherwise. So there's a lot of neat stuff happening out there. There's a lot of potential. And that technology, that blockchain, it can be used for currencies and a lot of other things. You've probably heard of NFTs. Uh, yeah. you, that's, that's the same kind of thing. You you create it, you know who's owned it forever and who owns it with a digital wallet. So there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. Yeah, so that's kind of the... Uh, the crash course, the five-minute version of what is cryptocurrency and how does it work. Thank uh, you. Yeah, it's a neat, it's a neat thing. And you know, I'm not one of those people who thinks the whole world is going to become like a giant blockchain. Um, but I do think this technology has the potential to revolutionize how we do a lot of things um, in yeah. financial and legal spaces, uh, contracts, home titles, car titles, anything you need a deed or title. Um, to track ownership, that could be really useful. Uh, the whole stock market, like right now we have the NASDAQ that is a big computer that connects to a bunch of stock brokerages with big computers that tell you who owns what shares of stock. You could turn each share of stock into a digital asset like an NFT, and then there'd be no reason I couldn't just send you 100 shares of, I don't know, whatever stock for your birthday, uh, or if your grandma could send you, you know, a share of Disney for your birthday or great. whatever you'd want to do. That'd be super um, cool. Instead of having to go through hoops with brokerages and forms and transfers. Right. And then uh, all the transfer yeah. paperwork. That's so, yeah, so interesting. There are some really neat things that could happen with this. Um, that, that they're not, we're just scratching the surface. You know, right now we're, um, you know, I don't want to call it Dutch tulips. So, you know, there's a possibility we're in a bubble. You never know what this stuff's going to be worth in, in a week or a year or five years. Right. But the technology behind it is, is very neat and it's really uh, it really does have a lot of potential to change things just like when you went from handwritten spreadsheets to computer spreadsheets for accounting and then start using databases to track large customer records this is kind of the next evolution of that i think it's really it's fascinating too and as an investor there's a lot of skepticism myself included right like when you see things that are fluctuating just because somebody mentioned you know, go buy this or I'm selling this and all of a sudden things are crashing. Like as an investor, it's a little intimidating. How do you personally view it as an investor? So it's a very, it's an alternative asset class. So if you're a, a relatively new investor, you might've come across that term. Alternative pretty much means it's not a stock or a bond. It's not a traditional investment. So that could include real estate, that could include cryptocurrencies, that could include artworks, uh, there, there's a lot of alternatives you could invest in. So I would treat cryptocurrency as an alternative, and it's a high-risk alternative. As we know, it could 10x in the next year. We've seen it happen. It could, you know, Bitcoin could double in a day, uh, but it could also go down by half in a couple days. So that volatility means you shouldn't put the majority of your money in it. It shouldn't be for um, this isn't financial advice. This is entertainment. <laughs> it should probably be uh, not be your retirement account. Yeah. Uh, it should probably be uh, more speculative, you know. So for me, it's probably 
maybe two percent of my net worth. You know, that's you know, that's a ballpark. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't if it were me personally, I wouldn't want it to be more than maybe five percent of my net worth, unless I was one of those people that got in super early and it just blew up and became like I'm a Bitcoin millionaire. Yeah, <laughs> if if you unless you're that, if you're the typical person, I'd say you know, probably less than five percent of your assets because and if it goes 10x, you'll be really, really excited that you made, you know, a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. But if it goes to zero, it won't make you homeless. You, you don't want to yeah, put totally so much money into it that if it goes to zero, it's going to ruin some kind of long-term financial plan. Eric, do you kind of view this as like if you were to go to Vegas and you're going to go have some fun with money and gamble and just see what it does? Like, do you view it on the same level or is that kind of a fallacy? Uh, I think it depends. I think there is an element to that in the cryptocurrency world, but it is not um, necessarily affecting every cryptocurrency. So if you look at the really big currencies, which are Bitcoin and Ethereum, and those <laughs> those two stand out above all the others by a long shot. At, at this point, I don't look at those as gambling. I look at those as some people kind of call Bitcoin digital gold. You know, it's like a it's an asset that you could buy something with. You could store potentially store value in it. Hopefully, it, you know, it doesn't go down in value. Sure. Uh, but th- it's I think those are going to be stabler. I mean, that's relative. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, then you look at these other coins. I'll look. At, I'll pull up my phone. I'm here. I have a. I use an app called Coin Tracker to track all my different wallets because I'm always opening different accounts at places. So coins I have. I mean, there, there's Shiba Inu. Uh, and Dogecoin, you I mean, to the moon, you, yeah, to the moon. So, like, if you follow the whole Dogecoin saga, but it goes up and down based on Elon Musk tweets. I mean, that's 100%. not something you're going to want in your retirement account. Sure. But it is kind of fun. So those ones do get more Vegas-like. Um, like, I have a coin I have down here called uh, Baby Doge. I have 4.1 billion Baby Doge. I got it. Um, I did jump through some hoops to get it. Uh, which I could explain if you, if you want to know how decentralized exchanges work. Uh, so I, I got these coins. I spent about $15 on them, and now they're worth seven. Uh, $7? Yeah, so it's gone down by more than half. Uh, but if those become worth a penny, I'm retiring. I'm all good. So Yeah, no doubt. So I was okay to put $15 into that. So that right there, that that's Vegas. That's gambling. You know, that's, yeah, 15 um, bucks too. It's like, come you know, on. If I'll put, I'll put 15, 20 bucks into a lot of different little cryptocurrencies and maybe they'll go to a hundred dollars. Maybe they'll go to half. I'm not mad. I lost $8 on baby doge. Um, But my, my bigger chunk of crypto money is definitely Bitcoin and Ethereum are the top two um, Mm -hmm. outside of stable coins where I, I actually have about $5,000 in uh, stable coins because those will always be worth a dollar. um, The ones I have. And depending on where you have them, you can earn pretty good interest rates. Really? Uh, so I have uh, most of it at Gemini. That's oh, yeah. um, if you've heard of Coinbase, that's the biggest cryptocurrency exchange in the U.S. Gemini is a big competitor. Uh, if you if you watched the movie The Social Network back in the day, remember the Winklevoss twins? Oh, they yeah. founded and owned Gemini. Um, so when I write about it, I joke that the Winklevi um, are part of my cryptocurrency. But uh, <laughs> there, right now, I'm earning eight point oh five percent interest on those um, wow. stable coins, where I'm getting like a you know, 0.4% on a good savings account. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's not FDIC insured. You know, there's, there's definitely some risks and like, don't put your emergency fund there, but yeah. But you know, for a chunk of my money to earn almost a guaranteed 8%, that's awesome. And they pay it daily. 
Uh, It's not like a monthly compounding thing. Every day they give me a little bit of GUSD. That's the uh, symbol for the Gemini stable coin. GUSD. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's lots of different coins. And another one that I really like, everyone has little pet coins they like. Mm -hmm. I like one called Stellar Lumens. It's a... um, it's a very low cost coin to use with very fast transaction speeds. It's designed for international currency transfers. Mm. Um, that, that's one I really like. Um, there's a new up and comer I like called Avalanche. And that one is a, it's used for cross chain transactions is what that's called. So like Bitcoin has its own blockchain, its own database. Ethereum has its own blockchain, its own database. So each miner would be working on a different currency probably. Are they all pretty similar? The mining processes can be similar, but they can be very, very different. And there, there's a huge change happening to Ethereum right now. But right now, so the main system is called proof of work. This is kind of a windy conversation. Um, proof of work is when the miners compete against each other to verify the next block. And if they okay. verify it, they get a reward, which can be a lot of money. But that competition that is using a lot of electricity, that's a lot of mm. computing power, a lot of math. So Ethereum uses that as well, but it's moving to a system called proof of stake. And that's not stake like Buffy the Vampire or stake like you're going to the <laughs> steakhouse to eat. It's stake like I have a stake in something, like a holding in something. Oh, got and it. with that, the largest owners of that cryptocurrency collaborate together to create the next block rather than compete against each other. So it's a little, it's more randomized, but you have a higher chance of winning if you have a bigger stake. And that uses a lot less electricity, a lot less energy. It's a lot more efficient. So Ethereum is changing to that method. And there's some, there's some pros and cons to each Um, pro to proof of work is it's more secure. Um, Con is it uses more electricity. Um, the con of proof of stake, or with any of these, but proof of stake, it's more likely, is if somebody can accumulate 51% of the mining power, then they have the ability to kind of hack the network. Um, if you mm. control more than half of the computers doing the mining, that's that's a weakness. But with Bitcoin and proof of work, there's so many miners competing and there are so many Bitcoins. And it would take a country would have to you need the resources of a nation to uh, get 51 percent of the mining power on bitcoin and no one's going to do that but for smaller currencies that are using proof of stake if the market cap of the currency is you know 10 million Mm dollars someone could buy five million dollars of it and hack the network they could control it Mm. so smaller currencies again they're riskier there's more volatile there's more gambling aspects but as you get to the big guys the bitcoins the ethereums um avalanche solana there's a handful of of, of big um big networks that can handle multiple currencies on one network and those ones are all doing pretty well those ones i don't look at as 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 risky and gambly and they're still riskier than the stock market but sure. it's um it's I think you have better odds than going to Vegas and putting it all on black. 2022 is the year you're going to make the leap and turn your passion into profit. But let's be real, you need the right team to make it happen. Indeed makes it easy to hire and build a team with the right skills to make your dreams a reality. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending 
hours on multiple job sites hoping to find the right candidates with the right skills, you really just need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash money nerds. Offer is valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash money nerds to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash money nerds. Terms and conditions to apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, kind of, it kind of seems so. And I think one of the things too is like we, we hear Bitcoin and I, I mean, I'm just as guilty of this where I was like, forget that crap. I'm not going down this crypto path. Like just, you know, most of my assets are going to be all in the stock market and I'm going to be happy with that. But I think it's, it's one of those things where you can ignore it or you can start to learn more about it. And that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm like, okay, this is interesting. It's not going away. It's only becoming more popular for a good reason. So how do we, how do we start to take advantage of this opportunity? And so you mentioned one thing, you said a wallet. How do we even start a wallet? Like, where do we get this wallet? Yeah, that's the great question. So you actually don't need a wallet standalone on your own. I have several of them because I'm writing about crypto all day. I have different kinds of wallets. But if you want to do it the easiest way, like if I wanted, I was actually talking to one of my mom's friends. Um, He's probably 70 years old. He's a really smart guy. He's a a law background, retired, was bored of being retired. So he's a lawyer like part-time now. (laughs) Um, And he does some real estate investing. Nice guy. So he he, uh, called up my mom. He's like, I know your son writes about Bitcoin and all this. I want to ask him questions. So we chatted for about five minutes. And I said, for you, 70-year-old guy who has less tech skills, pretty financially savvy, but you know, not mm-hmm. um, not crypto savvy, go somewhere like Coinbase and set up an account. It's just like setting up an account at any major stock brokerage. Okay. Uh, so it, or very similar. So if you want to go to you know any discount brokerage, Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, all, all those big brokerages, if you've ever set up an account there, it's, it's very, very similar. So you'll set up your account and have to fund your account. One difference, uh, there's these requirements across all financial industries called KYC, or Know Mm -hmm. Your Customer. And in the crypto world in the US, that usually means you have to upload a picture of your photo ID and maybe a selfie of you holding it to show that it's really you. (laughs) So that's a uh, just a little identity verification thing. Once you've done that and you've fully unlocked your account, you can fund it from any U.S. bank account with an ACH, just like funding a stock market brokerage account. And then you type in the symbol. You'd say you want to buy Bitcoin, BTC, just like if you want to buy Amazon stock, you type AMZN, mm-hmm. and it'll pop up a little form and you buy it. So it's very quick and very easy to do it that way. So okay. a couple of things to note, though. So if you go through a major centralized exchange like that, um, which there's a few, the big ones that I like are... Coinbase, Gemini, uh, Kraken is a cool one. Like release the Kraken. It's a fun, uh, it's fun marketing they have. Kraken is um, that with a C or a K? With a K. Yeah. So those ones Kraken. are ones that I like. Kraken has lower fees. So that so one thing to look out with those is the trading costs. Uh-huh. So if you use regular Coinbase platform, there's a per trade fee. 
up to about $4, $3, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they also build in what's called a spread fee where they the selling price and the buying price to different customers, they pad it by about a half a percent. Mm-hmm. So you're paying about a half a percent there plus the fee. If you switch to Coinbase Pro, uh, which you don't need to be a pro, any Coinbase user can use the pro platform. It just, mm. it looks more intimidating. It looks like those black Wall Street trading computers, oh, uh, but yeah. it gives you access to the exact same markets. They don't charge the per trade fee there and the um, percentage fees are lower. Mm. So I recommend doing that if you feel computer savvy or if you've done any other kind of trading because you can save money, um, look for the mm-hmm. pro version. And that kind of, Pricing strategy happens at a few different platforms, not just Coinbase. But at Kraken, you'll pay less than any of those. So that's how a, a centralized exchange works. Okay. There they hold your account. They create any wallets you need for you. And they maintain everything. They maintain all your keys. If they're, if it gets hacked, you're probably not getting your money back. So use really, really good online security. Use two-factor authentication on your last phone. LastPass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, LastPass. I actually switched to Bitwarden. Same Did idea. Did you? Yeah, Bitwarden's oh, the one I Bitwarden. use now. But okay. same yeah. idea, a password manager. So you want a really, really secure password that you don't use on any other website and two-factor authentication, hopefully using a two-factor app, not just text. Because mm. you know, if somebody can hack your phone and they hack your text messages, when they could somehow get into your account and they take the money, it's gone. You're not getting yeah, it back. Screwed. It's not insured. So make sure you keep your accounts very secure um, if you advice. use crypto. So or if you use any any financial account. I mean, really, yeah, even your normal bank. Yeah, like, you come should always on. keep it super secure. You really should, yeah. Follow these rules on all of your accounts. Just, that's, uh, good, that's good advice. It's even more here. So uh, another way to do it is to have your own external wallet. So when you okay. use the centralized exchange, they actually um, hold all the crypto for all of their members in their own accounts, their own okay. wallets. And when you buy and sell, you're buying from other members of that exchange. You're actually not buying from an open market. It's kind of a somewhat oh, open market. So each exchange okay. has its own. Hence uh, the centralized. Uh, right. That's why they're called centralized because they're Got a it. central place, like the New York Stock Exchange, where it's yep. all running through. So with your own wallet, you can have what's called a software wallet or a hardware wallet. Those are the okay. most common. A software wallet is something you download on your phone or your computer. Uh, the one of the most popular ones is called MetaMask. It's a browser plugin for Chrome or I think Firefox, any big browser. Mm-hmm. And that's free. Uh, and it will create your public and private key for your address. Um, that private key you never, ever, ever, ever want to share with anybody. If anyone gets your private key, they can unlock your account, take all your stuff. Um, so you want to keep that really safe. The public key is how you um, interact with others. That's like so, me transferring to you and back and yeah. forth. Yeah, it's like your public address. If I send you something in the mail, I write your address on it. Mm -hmm. But I um, don't have necessarily your bank account social security number when I send you something in the mail. So, you know, public stuff, that's okay to have public. Um, That's the stuff that you can find on the Blockchain Explorer. So with the software programs, they will keep all that for you. Um, Usually there's a backup code you get called a recovery phrase that's 12 to 24 words that you can use to import that wallet into any compatible software wallet. Um, hmm. So you can change software with the same wallet, but you know, that it's getting a little more complex. Most people won't do that. And those, but those private keys of uh, those seed phrases, you mm-hmm. want to keep that just as secure as your private key. If someone gets that, they can unlock your wallet, take all your stuff. So I have uh-huh. them backed up a couple different ways written down 
and in different places, like if my house burns down, I don't lose a copy of it. Um, you, you want access to your keys. If you have, you know, $10,000 on a, on a wallet, you don't want to lose that wallet. You hear stories of people losing all their stuff. It's so stuck. a hardware wallet takes that to the next level. It's even better. They will generate your keys and keep them on the device. I have them, I have a few of them. They give them for me to test. Well, you can't you can't see see this right now, listeners. But I'm reaching over and grabbing one right now. <laughs> so the and this is a hardware wallet. Yeah. So this one is called a Keystone. Oh, it it's, just looks like an external hard drive. Yeah, kind of. It has, um, I don't have it charged right now, but it has a little touch screen. And this device can, will hold all of my public and private keys mm. and generate all of the stuff I need. So if somebody hacks my computer, though, if you have a software wallet, um, your keys are on the computers right. saved somewhere. It has to be. It's encrypted and stuff, but it is on your computer somewhere. Mm. Where this, it is totally offline. Someone could hack everything I've ever owned and they will not be able to get my private key because it is totally separate from my computer. And to use it, um, the ones that I would recommend for most people are there's a brand called Ledger and a brand called Trezor, T-R-E-Z-O-R. Um, I like the Trezor a little more. They cost a little more, but they're they're very similar. What's the um, cost on that? Or anywhere from about fifty to two hundred dollars. Um, oh, okay, ish. that's more reasonable than I expected. Yeah. So it depends on what you want. This one, the Keystone one that I just showed you, um, uh-huh. that's like three to five hundred. Those are more. They they hooked me up because I write about them, so I got a bunch Heck of yeah. wallets for free. Hold on, um, I got a weird question. So you said that even with the software wallets, those keys can be on there, even if you don't think they're on there. So what does this mean for if we get rid of computers and we wipe our computer to sell it? Is it totally gone? Can I mean, is that? Yeah. So you want to back it up before you wipe your computer. Um, so let's say, so the reason you have your seed phrases backed up and put in a safe somewhere. Yeah. Um, if you wipe your computer and you're like, oh crap, my crypto is on Forgot there. About With that this. seed phrase, yeah. you can restore your account on a new Got computer. It. Um, and like when I switched to a new phone recently, um, I had a software wallet on my phone. I had the Coinbase wallet on there. When I got my new phone, I made sure I transferred everything and had all the passwords yeah. uh, before I got rid of the old one. Gotcha. So it's just like you know old photos or something. You wipe your hard drive, they might be gone. So it's good to have backups. All, when when you have you know a bank account, let's use let's say a big bank, regional bank, credit union, it doesn't matter. Essentially, your bank account routing and account number are like the old school banking equivalent of private and public keys. And your bank handles it all for you. You know, they handle money going in, they handle money going out, they handle security, insurance. If you lose your money, you'll get it back from either the bank or an insurance company if it was, depending on what happened in most cases. So you have a lot of protections there. When you run your own cryptocurrency wallet, you are your bank. You have Which to take has those a lot extra of, precautions. Yeah, there's really good things about that and really bad things about that. Or I don't know about really bad. You know, upsides and downsides. You know, the upsides you semi anonymous. I could make. Um, I could take that hardware wallet and mm-hmm. put my life savings on it and give it to a friend and give him the code and go, here you go. It's a present. I could give it to my kids. I could put it in a safe deposit box for some year down the road. I could. Mm-hmm. There's so many things you can do with it. But yeah, the hardware wallet's the safest way for really long-term storage or high asset values. Yeah. Where a software wallet's better for lower values, kind of like your like active account, let's say. So like yeah, I use yeah. I have a MetaMask wallet I use 
for some like NFT stuff. I've, I've got two NFTs. Um, I haven't spent a lot of money on them, but that's a thing. You need a wallet for that. So, uh, so yeah. I have that and I have you know a couple hundred bucks of Ethereum on there, which it, that's like money on the internet. I can use it to buy or sell. So that's not just an investment, but if I had you know $10,000 in Bitcoin that I wanted to keep for the long haul, it would hundred percent be on a hardware wallet locked away somewhere. And I'd have a, another set of my seed phrases probably at my mom's house somewhere or mm-hmm. a bank safe deposit box. I'd have a set at my house somewhere locked up that my kids can't get to it. <laughs> like, I don't want it to get lost. I don't want anything to happen. And I'd probably have another set somewhere else if you have you know, that high of a level of assets. That is so interesting. So from a transactional standpoint too, or I guess even investing, if I decide, so say I decide I maybe don't need to do a full-on wallet. I just want to invest 500 bucks into, I don't know, Bitcoin, let's just say. So I would go to Coinbase or equivalent. Or similar, yeah. And then buy my Bitcoin or whatever it is to purchase. And then that would be a software. Yeah, and then I, when I well, that's to, that's a centralized exchange. That's not even a software wallet. Oh, that's because it's different because it's not the yeah. Okay, they got are it. your wallet there. Got it. Yeah. So if good you call. wanted to take it off of Coinbase, mm-hmm. you could do that. Let's say you have a hardware wallet and a Coinbase mm-hmm. account, like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you could buy five hundred dollars of Bitcoin, send it to your wallet. Which there's a small network fee you'll have to pay for that. Anytime sure. you send, um, that's how the miners get paid partially. Yeah, is makes sense. Little fees. Um, so it's kind of a cool system how it works. Like the miners like volunteer to work and then hope to get paid. It's like you have to win Damn. the race to get paid. But if you do it well, you make, if you have the right setup, you can make a lot of money. Uh, most people won't, <laughs> but as I said, but um, anyways, you pay a small fee. So let's say the $500 you want to send to your hardware wallet, it, maybe it costs $10. Um, you get $490 on that hardware wallet. Mm-hmm. You write your seed phrases down somewhere keep your copies um, somewhere very safe, put that hardware wallet in your safe at home or safe deposit box. And then I'm put, good. Wherever you put safe things, you can forget about it for a while. And and then I look at it later and it's like, hey, Whitney, you're worth a million dollars now. And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to cash out. And then How you do call I get my your, money? Then you call your friend Eric who helped you get into Bitcoin. You like, forget Eric, about I'm me. taking you to Vegas. I would. I, are you kidding? I totally would. We're going to the pool party. <laughs> going to EDC, man. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that would yeah, be great. So, uh, yeah, so that that's one way to do it. But if for you know for five hundred dollars, I would feel comfortable just keeping it in Coinbase. You don't have to even be that complicated. Okay, you know, that's I have know. more than five hundred dollars at Coinbase, and I'm not worried. You know, once I because. Because I'm me and I'm a reviewer and I do things the way I do, I have a, a handful of smaller accounts at different centralized exchanges. Okay. And then have more than um, Gemini, where I have all those stable coins. Right. Uh, but if you do get to a point where you're getting to, I don't know, five figure balance in your crypto or you're, it's becoming a significant portion of your assets, that's the time where I'd really think about investing in a hardware wallet. Because, you know, like I said, it's unlikely Coinbase will ever. Uh, your account would ever be hacked, especially if you use two-factor authentication and and um, good practices. But it's not impossible. It has happened. There have been mass hacks on different exchanges before. Oh, I'd cry. And it sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. So you see, you read these stories. Somebody's sitting there, and they get a pop up on their phone, like your account was logged into from a new IP address, a new location. Oh your my password gosh. changed. You just did a withdrawal for ten thousand dollars. Like. <gasps> Like oh, I would it's gone. Die. You're not getting it back. And you read these yeah. stories. So if you have a lot of money uh, in crypto, learn how hardware wallets Go the work. hardware, yeah. Probably put it there. Uh, yeah. But 
if it's um you know a couple thousand bucks and and that's a relatively small part of your portfolio you're fine having it on an exchange okay if if a couple thousand bucks is a huge percent of your portfolio it's probably too much in crypto yeah Uh, that i think that's a good rule of thumb too when i get to the point where if you're like if you're struggling to pay your rent or pay off credit cards, if you have high interest debt, you should not be doing crypto. You should be dealing with those problems first. Crypto is like once you have your retirement like automated and you're putting your 200 and whatever a month in your Roth IRA and you're mm-hmm. doing your 401k at work with your employer matching and you like still have another like few hundred dollars a month left over you want to invest. Maybe you take two thirds of that and put it in you know, boring index funds and one third of that. So like we're talking like a small percent of a percent of your income mm-hmm. um, to be doing this. You know, so, so uh, you know, I know people who do like dollar cost averaging where they put in $10 a week, something like that, $10 a month. Um, some people do bigger purchases and let it yeah. chill. You know, whatever style works for you, that's fine. Everyone's different. That's what makes personal finance personal. There's no exact rule to do it, but um, a guideline that I think is wise to follow is don't put more into crypto than you can afford to lose because uh, you know it can go to zero. Hopefully you'll uh, hopefully you'll send me an email in a couple of years and say you re- heard this episode and bought some avalanche and a hundred X your money and you're retired and there's going to be a picture of you on your yacht and you'll say thank you. And, um, and invite us. Yeah. Invite us to hang out on your yacht with you, but <laughs> don't forget um, about it, us. Yeah. It could also go to zero. <laughs> so uh, just, just be careful um, and um, tread, tread lightly move slowly in the beginning. It's easy yeah. to dive in. You, Everyone probably knows that person that they started like once in a while would mention Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden, one day, the only thing they will do is talk about cryptocurrency for like yes. two or three months. Yep. Everyone knows that guy. It's uh-huh. usually a guy. It's not a girl. It's usually like a guy. <laughs> it's in his usually a bro. <laughs> It's, it's a, I don't know why women can women are into crypto too. It's usually a guy sure. in his twenty or thirties. Yeah, a white guy. Like I can be very 100%. specific, like who who this person is in your life because it ha- you know it happened to me for a little while. I was like, oh, this is like the best thing ever, and it's cool, it's and so it great. is cool, it is neat, and it is fun to um like have my wallets out and send currency back and forth, and uh, yeah. have my uh, NFT that looks like a magic card with a Dogecoin dog on it. Uh, like they're, they're they're fun things, but uh, you know at the end of the day also. It's, uh, you know, if it goes to zero, we'll be fine. Um, yeah. I'm having fun with it now, but I'm not over committing myself. No, no. Like, I, I think that's the the key piece. And I like your rule of thumb too. I think that's really helpful to just reframe that perspective on investing in crypto. So when it does come down to it, so if I'm invested in a centralized location, when I go to sell, it's selling to other people within that centralized location. Mm-hmm, exactly. um, and then I just get my money in my account. It just gets transferred over. And is that exactly. how it works? It's like a stock brokerage account. It's just like selling a stock. Uh, so oh, let's yeah. say you buy a Bitcoin or I'll use another coin just because it's fun. Let's say you buy um, Solana and you paid $100 for it. And you notice a month later, it's worth $400. And you're like, Oh, I want to sell $300 of it and take my mm-hmm. profit out. You would be just like going into your stock brokerage account. You'd say, I want to sell this much of this coin. It's all fractional. It's like fractional shares yeah. in a brokerage. So you don't have to buy whole coins. Uh, you can buy, you know, 0.0001 Bitcoin. You can buy little tiny units. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would sell it and then they have a cash account they keep for you, um, just like your brokerage does. Um, you're not going to earn any interest on it, so I don't wouldn't keep a lot of cash at a uh, crypto exchange. Um, and then you can withdraw it to your bank account, uh, just just like a stock brokerage. But it's it's Dang. also important to note, like a stock, 
you have to pay taxes if you have big gains. Oh, um, that's such a bummer, right? <laughs> it is unless you I mean, Portugal, I read yesterday, it doesn't have any taxes on uh, crypto. For real? Yeah. So you can move to Portugal if you're a crypto billionaire and uh, not pay taxes on it. But I for the rest how many of people us, people are doing that. <laughs> yeah, if I had billions, I'd do it. But uh, for the rest of us who are only making hundreds or thousands on crypto, uh, just remember when you sign up for your account, you're putting in your social security number. That means they're probably telling the government how much money you're making. Oh, for sure. And if you don't uh, put that on your tax return, you might hear from Uncle Sam wanting their cut. And if they come wanting a big cut, it's going to have you know fees and uh, penalties, possibly interest. So uh, keep good track of your crypto transactions and, and pay your taxes. It's the law. It's the law. That's the right thing to do. It is. Unless you move to Portugal, then you yeah. do you. Yeah. Hey, you know, like I, I like Warren Buffett's uh, philosophy on taxes, like pay the lowest taxes that you are legally required to pay. That is your uh, obligation. So if, if you think tax code's unfair, uh, we can talk to our politicians about it. But yeah, no uh, doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah, but it, it's um, very, very similar to a stock on that front, too. Uh, if you use like TurboTax, they uh, and H&R Block, I, I doing some reviews of those. I saw they have added cryptocurrency support um, for your tax preparers. There's also dedicated apps. Um, I mentioned CoinTracker earlier. They have a feature where they will calculate all your taxes and give you a printout that you can use to fill out your tax forms. There's a handful of competing services. Uh, Because when you use, like I was talking about the stable coins where I get paid interest daily, I have a handful of coins that I get paid um, interest or staking different kind of rewards daily. Got it. So all of a sudden, you know, it's five transactions a day, 365 days a year. That becomes a lot of transactions. And many of these services charge based on the number of transactions you have. Uh, so oh. very basic portfolios that don't earn a lot of interest. You you might have a pretty simple time doing your taxes. Where me, who I'm always tinkering and sending things back and forth, I have lots and lots of transactions, so yeah. hopefully one of those companies will hook me up um, for a review, and I can do it for free. But That'd most people <laughs> have to pay like fifty bucks or something to. Uh, oh, even fifty bucks isn't you. terrible, though. Yeah, but if you're using yeah. something like TurboTax, um, they'll do it all included in your uh, your fee or H and R Block, whichever one you use. If Got you do it, it yourself, this you is so account, fascinating. You're gonna have to figure it all out with them. Uh, what was okay? So when you and I were chatting, kind of offline about this too. I asked you about Robinhood because I, I see that being a very common place to invest in crypto. So Robinhood, is that centralized? What's the, yeah, help, so, help me understand um, that. Yeah. So both Robinhood and SoFi, I'll throw them both under the same bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like them for buying stocks. I don't like them really for buying crypto. And the reason is um, they're kind of a centralized exchange. Like they're okay. buying, the way I understand it, when you buy through them, they'll buy from a major exchange and hold the currency for their customers. But when you use either of those services, you cannot withdraw to a, any other crypto wallet or crypto service. Like you're locked Got in. It. Like you they have own to stay your with crypto. It. So if you use a regular cryptocurrency exchange, you can withdraw, you can do whatever you want. It's your crypto. And if I if I have a bank account, I want to be able to get my money out and do whatever I want with it. And with cryptocurrency at Robinhood or SoFi, uh, that is not how it works. It is stuck in that account. So if you're a really boring, I mean, I don't want to call you boring. I like to- You can boring. call me boring. I'm, I'm a boring investor. If you want to do a boring long-term investment strategy, either yeah. of those places could be okay. 
Um, but if you want to get your hands a little dirtier and actually use cryptocurrency uh, for something other than buy and hold, uh, those two places won't work. Got it. So if I don't know, and I think that maybe I want to be long-term, but I like the idea of possibly revisiting this later, is it best to start with something like Coin Coinbase? I keep picking on that one. That's Probably. just the most yeah. well-known. Yeah. I'd, I'd, if you already, let's say you already have a Robinhood or a SoFi account, you just want to buy it and forget about it for a yeah. long time. Um, that, that would be fine. You know, I, I don't want to say like that does not work. You know, they're good. Sure. Companies. I have accounts at both. I like them for other things. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, fair. That's true. Um, for crypto, I personally use Coinbase Pro the most um, just because of the lower fees. And if I want to just buy it and have it sit in there, that'd be where I'd do it. Um, okay. Or or maybe Kraken for a lower fee. But, yeah, but sure. Coinbase is great. Yeah. This is they're so they're the one that makes it the easiest. Coinbase makes it easier than any other exchange. So if you're worried about technical challenges, Coinbase is definitely the one to go. And if you're like super, super into crypto and there's uh, exchanges that um, I'd say most people should not use. Like I have an account with uh, KuCoin. Um, KuCoin? K-U-C-O-I-N. Oh, I was yeah, joking okay. with a friend that's like the wild west of crypto. Like they have these, um, <laughs> and they'll they'll list like all the crazy altcoins, like the, the ones that you won't see on Coinbase because they're kind of sketchy. <laughs> so you might see some okay. of those there. What makes some, it, what makes it sketchy? I guess I got I gotta, I don't really understand that. Uh, there's some. So the I was saying earlier the big currencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. There's so they're so large that no one's gonna hack it. No more one's established. Mess with it. Okay. And some of these smaller currencies that have lower market caps, uh, you know, there could be pump and dump schemes. Like, did you ever watch uh, Boiler Room, the old movie? Yeah. You know, it's it's or uh, kind of like Wolf of Wall Street when he's uh -huh. selling penny stocks at the beginning. Yeah, totally. I and mean, that can happen easily in these markets when there's a coin that's worth two million dollars. Someone could go out on Twitter and Reddit and be like, "This one's going to the moon." Like, do this whole thing. It gets added to some of these exchanges like KuCoin, but not Coinbase, not one of the big ones. Goes mm. up a bunch in value, and then the person who started pumping it sells out, uh, and they owned you know a quarter of it in the beginning. So the whole price then tanks, and somebody's left holding it uh, at the end. So yeah, Ooh. KuCoin is a little, I'd say, you know, getting riskier because it gives you access to riskier assets. Gotcha. That makes a ton of sense. So this might be kind of a, you've, you've been very gracious with all my dumb questions. Cause I'm oh, so new it. to this. I like, could talk so about this new. stuff all day. Like, well, you're, you're so, you're so good at like deciphering it to making it easier <laughs> to understand, which hence your profession. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So is there a limited number of each of these coins or does it depend on the coin? Like, are they constantly producing more? Is like, we got, Five million out there, and that's it. Like, how how does that work? So that's another great question. It depends on the coin. Um, so, Bitcoin, if my memory is right, there will be twenty one million at the end, and it will just be done. There will never be more Bitcoin. Like that is it. Oh wow! So, um, that's that's part of why the value of Bitcoin has gone up so much compared to some of the others, and that's why people kind of say it's like digital gold because there's not they're not making any more. I mean, there are right now. Mm -hmm. but there is an exact. Um, timeline of when now. it will uh -huh. um, stop being minted. So right now, if you're a miner, when you create a new block, you get, I think, 6.25 Bitcoin as a reward plus as a miner? the miner fees. Oh. Yes. So that's why people want to mine because 6.25 Bitcoin, do the math, that's a lot of money. Um, but you know, a lot of people want that money. So you're going up against, I read that one Bitcoin miner literally bought a power plant. 
um, because they had so many computers running. Dang. They, so that is who you're competing against. So like you're you with your little old laptop at home, like you're not going to make any money. You're going up against people who are um, like there's there are public companies. There's one called Riot Blockchain. You can buy stock in them in the U.S. Their whole business is as a uh, cryptocurrency mining, pretty much. They own mm. data centers. So I mean, you're not going to compete. You're not going to make money with that. If you want to make money, buy the stock. Uh, I, I'm just mining. <laughs> it makes really a lot hard. more sense. Like I've I've gone through the process to start mining and set it up just so I know how it works. Oh, and, did you uh, really? Yeah, it's 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 like it's very it's frustrating if you don't know how computers work. Um, you might need to know coding and programming language. I would probably hate it then. Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought it was fun, but a lot of people wouldn't. I, I um, bet you did think it was fun, actually. <laughs> so that is then, like right up your alley. Yeah. But so there's other coins though that have built-in inflation. I think Dogecoin uh-huh. is one of those. Um, where the miners will continually be making new currency, uh, but you know, that's not necessarily bad. Uh, you know, there's new dollars being made. Um, that there's we have natural inflation in the U.S. economy. When it's too high, it's bad. Um, right. When it's too low, it might be bad. You know, a little inflation is good for an economy. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't an eco- this isn't an economics episode, so I won't get into why. I'm listening to Planet Money for that one. But yep. for uh, uh, a little inflation can be good. So Dogecoin, there's a handful of coins that have built-in inflation mechanisms, and that's okay. Um, there are also coins that have built-in burning mechanisms. Um, burning is the term for kind of deleting uh, cryptocurrency. So while you can't make a coin go away once it exists it exists forever in the ledger um, you can send it to an inaccessible wallet or inaccessible address so someone mm. might create a wallet throw away the private keys uh, and then have a ses- a system set up where a certain number of that coin is sent to that burner wallet on a periodic schedule why would you do that though uh, to to um kind of the anti-inflation to build the value oh, and I make see. sure it doesn't inflate. Um, so some of them do both. Some of them mint and uh, burn. Every every currency huh. is so different. I, I, like there's, if you want to hear about, I don't know if I can, um, if you have any kids in the car right now, have them cover their ears. I'll tell you about a few um, less known currencies in the big world. Uh, so earmuffs time is, is on now. So there's a coin. Uh, so the altcoins is a term for any coin that's not Bitcoin. Shit coins is the term for all these like crappy coins on exchanges like KuCoin that you won't find elsewhere. Like Baby Doge is considered a shit coin. That oh, it is. For, for the that I bought four billion for fifteen dollars. Like, that's a shit coin. Yeah. Uh, there's other coins that are either like purpose made or you know like meme coins. There's one I think yeah. is hilarious called Cum Rocket. Uh, I've that seen this one. Intended to be used for porn services. Yes. So, like you could buy, like with your credit card, you could buy like a thousand dollars of Ethereum and convert it to cum rocket and then use it to pay for all your porn services and your uh, <laughs> wife won't know. Um, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for investing. <laughs> yeah. You're using cum rockets. Yeah. So there's, um, yes, there's all these crazy coins out there. Like there's um, one called uh, end of earmuffs time. <laughs> there's one called Doge Elon Mars, like they combined Elon Musk's Stop. name and Dogecoin, and I don't Bruno <laughs> Mars or just the planet Mars. Like, there's all these crazy coins out there um, that you know, everyone can have their own rule. So every every everyone's not going to be like Bitcoin and Ethereum and get that same level of respect. Um, yeah. So those are ones. You know, we were talking about Vegas earlier. Like, come rockets a gambling coin. Yeah. I'm um, sorry, sure. I didn't say earmuffs before that. Um, but the uh, <laughs> The uh, you know Bitcoin, Ethereum, as I said, Solana, Cardano, Stellar, 
uh, Avalanche, the the chains that are able to run their own smart contracts and support other coins and other uses. Mm-hmm. Um, those those are the ones that um, I, I would look more closely at. Are they minting coins? Are they burning coins? Those are the ones that I'd look at more as an investment um, okay. where where that matters a lot more. Okay. So to do research on this, is it is it through one of these platforms? Like, is there a section where you can start to like track and research and look at it kind of similar to the stock market? Uh, yes and no. Uh, so uh, part of it is you Google things, you find articles that I've written or people like me yep. um, where we analyze each coin. Uh, some of the big cryptocurrency exchanges have their own education platforms, just like stock market platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, like Gemini has a pretty good one. Uh, Coinbase isn't as good. You know, it just depends where you're, what you're looking for. Uh, honestly, a lot of this stuff, it's, you know, go to Twitter, go to Reddit. <laughs> a lot of people are talking about the smaller coins elsewhere. If you're looking for the big coins, you can Google it and you'll find a lot of good information. Uh, but the smaller ones, it's harder. Um, one website I'd, I'd recommend if you do want to do a lot of uh, crypto research is Coin Market Cap. That's um, like market, market cap, cap, like market capitalization. Uh-huh. They have a big, um, big listing of thousands of cryptocurrencies, and oh, each cool. one has a dedicated page that kind of tells you the history, uh, when it was founded, when it started, uh, if there's a maximum number of coins, how many are in circulation, Dang. the total market cap value per coin. A lot of a lot of an, an analytics, a lot of analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Coin Market Cap's a, g- a great resource. This has been such a fun and eye-opening conversation, and I'm not going to lie, my friend. This is like a totally different language for me. So, it's something where <laughs> I need to do a lot more reading myself before I personally feel comfortable putting any money in. But this has really helped open my eyes to the legitimacy. And the illegitimacy at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> of some that's of this both. Stuff. I think that's good. You know, I, I, I never write an article about crypto where I don't at some point say you could lose a lot of money. Yeah. But I usually also say you could make a lot of money. And there's, uh, you know, there was a point the stock market was this new thing. Or it was a bunch 100%. of, yep. where a bunch of these rich guys met under an apple tree, uh, in, on, in down Lower Manhattan, signed the Bretton Woods Agreement. I mean, that's when the stock market started. Before that, there was no New York Stock Exchange. I think it was the Brentwood Agreement. Um, you know, the there were everything that we, all these systems we have now. I mean, you know, that's before our time when the stock market started. Right. Uh, but you know, Facebook wasn't before most of us. I guess it depends how old you are. You might remember when that was created, or Instagram. You know, these things that are um, kind of become almost endemic to our lives. Yeah. Uh, you know, they all started somewhere. I mean, there was the first bank. There was the first stock. There was the first um, ACH transfer between banks. There was the first international the internet. <laughs> yeah, there was this thing called the internet, you know, iPhones. We've seen all of these big evolutions. So, true. so why couldn't there be one in the financial system? Uh, yeah. There absolutely can be and will be many. And this is, I think, just a major stepping stone in that. And, yeah. Um, you know, the, the technology behind it, uh, you might hear about um, central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've mentioned stable coins a few times. Those are coins that like a dollar... Stable coins always worth a dollar, um, and there's a handful of them out there. Like there's uh, each exchange of the big ones has their own stable coin, uh, and then there's another big kind of public one called Dai, uh, D A I. So there's a bunch of stable coins. But then in China, they pretty much made cryptocurrencies illegal because they want to make a digital 
yuan digital remimbi i think is, or however you pronounce it so they don't mm. want competition they they want the, they want to own the cryptocurrency because you know that's how china works they want to control yeah. it so they're not saying we don't want to do this they just want to approach it in a different way and i think we're going to see you know there's a lot of evolution to happen here there's a lot of regulations that could still come down the pipeline i don't believe we're going to see the federal reserve or you know, the president make a law that says cryptocurrency is illegal uh, but no. they could uh, they could, it, yeah. It is not an impossibility. So that's part of the risk, but I don't think that's going to happen. I do think we will see more regulation, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. Generally, uh, you know, you know, we don't, we don't want small investors to get hurt. We don't want people to lose yep. money and not understand why. We don't want uh, a lot of fraud victims. There are some problems out there. It is a little wild westy, but uh, the more established companies, the Coinbase's of the world. Uh, that are working actively with regulators, not against regulators necessarily. Uh, I think they're going to help um, build a good framework uh, to move forward and and legitimize it even more. Totally, I hope that happens. Yeah, and I hope we see a digital dollar. I hope the Federal Reserve um, creates a a uh, a version of a cryptocurrency. Then then I don't have to send you a hundred dollars in Bitcoin necessarily. I could just send you a hundred dollars. And they would just be digital dollars and it could work the exact same way as sending you a hundred dollars in the mail, uh, sending you a hundred one dollar bills or a check, or I could just, um, you know, or Zelle or PayPal or Venmo, yeah, totally. all these things now, why not a crypto dollar? And right. I think we could be moving that way. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, a lot of cool things out there. It's, uh, there's a lot of rabbit holes to dig down. If you, if you found this conversation interesting, um, listeners there are many 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 podcasts and blogs and reddit forums reddit and twitter are huge for the crypto world that's like the biggest ones is there like yeah. a specific forum that you you like or you go to often um i don't know i just kind of i bounce around a lot um and yeah i just i any big cryptocurrency forum on reddit you're going to find a lot of interesting stuff um and twitter i mean just there search the hashtag of any currency hashtag mm-hmm. crypto just look at elon musk's account i mean there's 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 a lot of entertainment oh yeah <laughs> there and, definitely uh, is a lot yeah, this is uh, so interesting i yeah, really yeah. am grateful that you took the time to to teach me a little bit more about this stuff and hopefully everyone else can learn with me because i'm such a noob to this but i mean it's something that i'm not ready to just completely disregard i think i did that for too long so it's 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 interesting yeah, well, I'd I'd encourage you if you've if you've never done it and you're super on the fence, um, to take like a very small amount of money yeah. that you wouldn't hurt to lose, you know, 10, 20 bucks, the cost of going out to dinner. Yeah. Um, and you know, you'll pay higher percentage of your um trade and fees when you do smaller trades. But you know, it's if okay. it's a three dollar fee, that's that's okay. You could probably afford it. Um yeah. and you have get your first 10 or 20 dollars. Uh, and if you like it and you enjoyed the experience, you can expand from there. Mm-hmm. And if you think this is um, Dutch tulips and it's crazy and you don't want to have anything to do with it, um, it didn't cost you that much to learn. No, no, not at all. I think it's a really good learning experience. Friend, before we officially part ways, are you down for some rapid fires? I love rapid fires. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's I'm do bracing it. myself. I know. I don't know if we did rapid fires last time you were on the show. I don't think so. Oh, this is fun then. I'm stoked. Okay. So my first question for you is what is one book you find yourself gifting most often? The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. No Love question. 
That's the only book I've ever read more than once. Mm, it always speaks to you different too. Every time you read it, I've read it two and a half times because I lost it on a plane once and had to start <laughs> over. Oh, that's a bummer. Okay. Next question for you. Uh, post COVID, where's one location you're dying to travel to? Italy. I've never been and my wife's been, we actually might even go um, during COVID and get an Airbnb for a couple of weeks and um, work out of Italy. Cause I want to, I want to go drink a town. I want to go to one of those little villages on a mountaintop. That's looks like a castle where no one speaks English and the roads are so narrow. I can't drive a car. Uh, I want to go there and eat pasta and pizza and drink wine. When you go reach <laughs> out, I'll give you so many good tips. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Next question for you. What's one purchase you recently made that has made your life better? Um, Bitcoin. No. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, recently, oh, it was just Hanukkah. So I've gotten some good ones. Um, she probably the biggest recent one was my uh, my phone. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I buy a new phone. I try to make them last three years. And recently got a Pixel 6 Pro and I use my phone so much. Having a good updated phone is, uh, is a life changer for me. So I, I recently traded in, got like 50 bucks for my old one and spent a thousand for my new one. <laughs> I like it. Not bad. Not bad. I hear the camera on that one is so good too. Oh, it's killer. Yeah. And night, like night pictures, we had a rocket launch. We live close to a, uh, a space force base. It's weird to say that. Uh, we saw one the other night and I took a night picture of the launch with my, uh, with my phone. It's, it was, it came out really nice. It's on my Facebook. If you want to look at it. Oh, sweet. I haven't seen it yet. I'll have to go check it out. Okay. Last question for you. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? I'm keeping a long-term focus. Yeah, it's easy to get caught up in the moment. Um, actually we have a, we have a mutual friend, Jason Vitug, who wrote a book uh, called YOLO about money. But he doesn't say YOLO like you only live once, so go spend all your money and do crazy stuff. He says, YOLO, you only live once, so don't squander your money. Make sure you uh, have that long-term focus, set up a good foundation. Uh, yeah, so don't ignore your money. Pay attention. Keep a long-term focus. I like it. Eric, thank you so much for hanging out. It's always a pleasure to, to catch up with you. Thank you. And uh, go make lots of money out there, nerds. Okay. What'd you think? Did you learn so much? I know I definitely did. And one of the big things that I was taking away from this is software versus hardware storage. That was a big one. And setting up your wallet. I thought this was really interesting. And it's definitely something that I will be pursuing in my near future. I don't know when, I don't know how much I'm going to invest, but what I can guarantee is it will not be all of my portfolio. It'll be a very, very small percentage like Eric recommended. Okay, if you enjoyed this episode, do me the biggest favor and leave a five-star review. Your review is one of the greatest ways that you can support this podcast, and it's free. It's like so easy, right? So just leave a five-star review. And if you want to go a little above and beyond, leave me a comment and let me know what specifically you enjoy about this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful for your support, and I will see you on Friday for Five Tip Friday. Bye.